silver shot out in March 2020. It went to like, uh, it hit that $28, $29 wall. And it, it didn't do a new high because that was kind of the market telling us that something's still wrong. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics. As we continue on our coverage of the gold and silver markets and all of the exciting economic events that are happening in today's world, uh, a lot going on out there. And fortunately, today we're going to dig into more of a charting and technical perspective, as I am joined by Patrick Kareem of NorthstarBadCharts.com. I've seen several of your interviews where you've dug into a lot of the different factors going on in gold and silver land. So it's great to have you on in here today. And before we get started, how is everything going with you? Uh, it's doing great, Chris. And first, it's an honor. I remember like when I, I discovered gold and silver, like when gold started breaking out, I always knew like, it's just, like I always knew I had like an Austrian backbone. Like, like I never accepted like giving my money to a head, uh, fund manager and he takes 3% and he, he doesn't know how to tell me when to sell. Like that, that stuff read me the wrong way. But then in, I think it was in, uh, in 2018, I saw gold breaking out versus the Australian dollar, gold breaking out versus the Canadian dollar. Then I looked at the gold express and US dollar. And I said, holy boy, there's like the craziest low risk, high reward opportunity here because gold's telling us something that it's starting to kick those fiat currencies, like those G7 fiat currencies. But, and eventually I said, look, it's going to happen to the US dollar. And uh, yeah, so I remember like started Googling and then your, your channel came popping up. You're like for, for newbies in the precious metals complex, like you're, you're kind of a reference. So it's a true honor there to, to be uh, on your show there. So th thank you for, for having me on, Chris. Well, I sure appreciate that and glad if it's been helpful. Uh... I know it's not always the easiest material to dig through when you see some of the trends that are going on out there and the rampant money printing, borrowing that seems to have no end. Although one thing just to start off that I'd like to get your opinion on, and maybe you can take it from there. Here's the gold chart. Again, you see back in early March, uh, I believe that was the day gold hit $2,070 per ounce. We knew they were going to hike rates at that point. So you can say that some of those were priced in, or at least should have been priced in. Yet, as the months have progressed since then, we've certainly seen quite a sell-off in gold, similarly in silver. So with that said, why don't you take it from there and share with folks what yeah. you're seeing and how you're analyzing that? So I always take refuge in the charts to try to figure out. So that chart you showed me, silver shot out in March 2020. It went to like, uh, it hit that $28, $29 wall. And it, it didn't do a new high because that was kind of the market telling us that something's still wrong. Uh, gold and silver are financialized instruments. So if like, there's a market liquidity event, uh, silver is going to get hit hard, a little bit more in gold. Gold is going to get hit also. And then the gold-silver ratio is going to skyrocket up. So if it's a risk-on environment where everything's fine, we're in a recovery mode after a huge money printing, gold and silver, the gold-silver ratio is going to plummet. Silver is going to go higher than gold out of the gates, pricing in all that monetary imbalance, and it's all good. But then after a while, the Fed, whatever, they, they started deciding that they want to raise rates. And then that put a risk on risk off type of flag. So now the U.S. equities started 
flatlining. They started the closing below. I have a NASDAQ chart there, close below. It's a three-year moving average. And what happens at the early stages of these bear markets is, and it, we could have a GFC like 2008 where a huge market liquidity event, or we could have a repo madness like in the 2019 or a March madness where like huge shut off. And the fact that silver hasn't gone up or the market didn't let it go up is because of that risk on. It couldn't let the gold-silver ratio plummet so low to showcase that stability. It was staying elevated, creeping up, creeping up. And uh, yeah, that's why probably gold, after hitting that high, it went sideways, just letting the market figure out, are we going to crash or not? Are we going to... So until the markets really expunge that from their system, saying, okay, we've had a market crash. Now there's the money printers are back on. Uh, it's going to go up or... The market's going to say, okay, there's no market crash, but most of the bear market has started the like soft landing. Gold and silver can detach from uh, the U.S. equities and then and then shoot upwards. So maybe the best thing I could show you right now is a chart of, okay, this one, Chris. This is like the number one question I get is, if the U.S. equities start plummeting, who, when, and where is silver and gold going to bottom and detach and and like do their thing? So here is the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ on the candle chart, monthly candles. So the past previous two times when it closed below its three-year moving average, this is uh, 2001, here's the GFC, uh, we're right here, it closed in a few months, GFC crisis, and it did it last month, it closed below its three-year moving average. Within one to three months, gold, silver sniff out the recovery, so... They, they're there, okay, fine, the US equities are going down, but they know that eventually whatever, like whatever easing, whatever they're gonna have to do to try to damp dampen that, that fall for the, the NASDAQ, gold and silver, that's where you wanna be when it really, and that's within one to three months. Here, I overlaid the gold chart. So here it's in 2001, in GFC 2008, this is like, I think uh, one or two months after. So right now we're closed before. So for me, the countdown is on. I think within one to three months, the gold and silver, we're going to be at the bottom of the abyss of the recession. We're probably in a recession right now. It's, they're going to be at the bottom of it, whether they spike down and then on the monthly chart, you know, like intraday, intraweek, it could really go down. But then by the end of the month, gold and silver are going to close a little higher up. Then that's it. You're long gold, silver. You let the market, the U.S. equities uh, go sideways or drift downwards. And then gold and silver has done their thing. But this, this is the risk for us, for like precious metals holder. It's the initial, like that, that drag that, of that risk of a severe market crash. That's what is uh, keeping us down. Yeah, and I guess that's the thing that is on a lot of people's minds where we see the Fed hiking interest rates faster than just about anyone would have guessed a year ago. And after yesterday's latest CPI inflation report, now it looks like the percentages are leaning towards a 100 basis point hike in their July meeting. Do you think that is going to lead us into an environment similar to 2008, where we really saw the overall market struggle? And in that environment, do you see further downside to gold and silver from where they are here? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's definitely in the cards. The, this, Chris, is the just a silver chart with the eight year moving average, which is a eight year moving average, like eight year cycles in gold and silver. So it's a pretty good long-term um, meaningful moving average. And I, here is the Fed, the, Fed, the, the Fed defined recessions, this green overlay. 
So here is the bottom. See how the, the recession starts before gold bottoms? Gold bottoms pretty much in the middle. And then after that, it starts turning up. Here, the GFC, the, the, the recession, I think they, like, they backfill it, right? Because like nobody was saying we're in a recession in 2007, right? It's like, but we were in a recession. They, they tell you like years later, oh, finally, yeah, we were in a recession. But that's why you see how silver refused to go higher. Silver knows. It's like Bo knows. Remember those commercials with Bo knows? Well, silver knows if there's going to be an issue with a, like a, a recession coming in. And that's why here it refused to do a new high. And then it was, it was vulnerable for uh, like a huge like sell-off. And here, since here we had that small recession in 2020. And right now, I sincerely believe that we're in a recession right now. And that's why we can't do silver refuses to do higher highs and the gold silver ratio is going up. And until this line is broken upwards, Chris, like here, this descending trend, I call this a wake up line. It's danger. It's danger, guys. There's no, there's no lying about it. Uh, this thing could drop. Look, there's huge support here. So this thing could go down. We could have a wick by the end of the month, could go back up. Uh, nothing's safe until silver tells you it's safe. And you got to respect the metals for, for what they, for whatever reason they move. They've been telling us that when the recovery happens and silver is the number one performer uh, on recoveries, it just skyrockets. And that's the opportunity for, for traders, for or even for people who want to buy silver on the long term, buy, buy when nobody wants it, guys. And trust me, nobody's going to want silver at $17. Nobody, right? We're going to be spitting on it. I'll have the trolls. You know, it'll be awful, Chris. I want to hide my head in the sand. <laughs> but that's probably going to be the best time to... Um, to, uh, to, get a, to, to get on board for a gold, silver. Because these opportunities, you don't want to buy silver, guys, when uh, all the, the bullion dealers are telling you to buy. Like here, when it's 50, you're stretched away from the eight-year moving average. That's, you want to buy here below the eight-year moving average or just when you're closing above, uh, when you're touching it. And then after that, when you start moving up, that's where. So the next greatest opportunity, Chris, it's, I don't know what, one, three months, four months, but as soon as that thing starts turning up, I could even draw in here a trend line, a more aggressive trend line. If that ever wakes up the way I'm putting my line, that could be a good wake-up call. And so do you think that will be something similar to what we saw in March of 2020, where the silver price went down to $12 and then shot up close to $30 in a short time period after that? Are we looking for something yeah. similar like that? Yeah. I'll show you. Okay, there's this. I'll show you the... This was my worst, uh, uh, like this was, I did this chart in June of 2004 and it was already starting to break down below the three year moving average silver. So I said, okay, this, this is a, this scenario. I always like to look up if I'm close to a breakout line, but if I'm starting to detach myself from the, from a breakout line, like the one up here, then I have to start looking downwards. So here's an arc, a lot of touches. So it's a meaningful like resistance or support, support line. And this, this is the flush down that could happen. So if this inner arc breaks, we could have, you see how that wick, that's the March, March Madness. It went all the way down, defined this larger arc, the next support level, but it closed back the month on the inner arc. So definitely this kind, this could happen. And, and like the market, I don't know if you call it the irony or market loves doing that. It's just, it's like, it loves doing the, these wicks down. So Guys, brace for it because this could happen. You could wake up a morning, could be down five, six, eight percent for a few days. But trust me, if silver goes down eight, nine percent for a few days, then uh, the monetary imbalances to to fix that are gonna 
make it catapult or V-shape all, all the way back up to this line. And then a little bounce here below that 30 line and then up, up she goes. Just like a, a 2008. Definitely. Yeah, and something that we were looking at before we started here, you can see the Fed funds target rate probabilities looks like they're expecting the increase these these blue boxes the highest percentage so there's an increase in july increase in september then the market seeing it most likely staying the same and then already pricing in to some degree some cuts there mm -hmm. in june of next year what do you think happens to gold and silver whenever we do see the fed pause or actually reverse course kaboom Where's the insert, the kaboom uh, emoji? <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, um, I got to show you the, this chart. Uh, is it, am I sharing back again or no? Uh, you can go ahead now. Okay. I have one here. Okay, this, okay, I'll show you this chart. So this is a 30-year yields divided by the 10-year yields. So it's the, four, so when the long-term yields start outpacing the shorter term, then this is something gold loves. Here is, and I, I think now we're, we're, we're resembling a lot of what happened in 2018. So the 30-year the, the was getting its kick, its butt kicked by the 10-year yield all the way down here. When, so this is the, guys, sorry, this is the, uh, it's even a four-hour chart. So it went down, and then after that went up. Here is the gold chart. So in 2018, I don't know if people remember, but gold was really plummeting here. So I could have zoomed out. But it was almost trying to break out above uh, 1350. But then gold, it, it did a breakdown, like almost like we're, we're having today. Like I'll show you this one here. See, this is 2018. Gold, like if I didn't know all this price action on the right was, was there, Chris, if this was breaking down here, I think it's 2013 all over again. It's like it was that bad in mid-2013. It was like almost the end of the world. You're below the three-year moving average. It's like it was horrible. So I'll come back here. So gold plummets super low here, but as this, now it's the, the breakout line for the, that yield uh, ratio is 1.06, it bottomed. And look, this is where we are today. Same move down, the, the ratio plummets, gold topping pattern here, topping pattern here, can't get above that 2050 that you showed me, right? That 2040 right here goes, it plummets. It, it's following that ratio differential plummets double bottom. And right now this, I did it a little while back, but it's still pretty close to hit the, the yields are very close to, uh, they're still very close to 108. When this breaks out to the upside, that's the market. That's, that's gold's goal time to, uh, to, to, to explode upwards and gold also just like, if you don't want guys to get fancy, just look at the actual price of gold. There's a descending trend line when gold breaks out above now it's much lower there, but when it breaks up above that gold's wake up line, then that's all she wrote. And you so think that's, those, yeah. Is that going to take us into a whole new range of prices, do you think, at that point? In a what range of price, Chris? Will that move us into a new price range just in the sense that, you know, we saw that unprecedented money printing during COVID. Yeah. We've seen the high inflation, yet silver is still sitting there around $19 today and so it sounds like you're saying once we get that next pivot, you think that will be when we actually see the metals both enter a new price range. Yeah, new plateaus. So look, th this move, Chris, it bought gold. Gold was 1180 down here at the abyss of this, uh, the ratio of the 30 divided by year. 
and it, it almost doubled, right? It went to what, uh, 2,000, 250. So now we have the same pattern, but from a higher perch. So now gold's at what, 1750, wherever it is. So do that same type of math, uh, add 90% to 1800. Where does that bring us? Like, do I have to bring out the calculator? It's going to well, be- 2,600 um, or so. There you go. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, is it going to be more or less? But that's, that's my, my math. It's going to be that silver is going to bust through that $28, $29 barrier. It's going to, of course, it's going to go crazy. Like it always got, it does trap everybody in fear of missing out on top. And after that, it's going to come and retest 30, the $30 level, but from above. So now it's a wall in, in, um, in TA. Maybe I have a good example here in TA. So, okay. Let's use this one support that's broken becomes resistance. Because the bag holders, you know, the people who bought on top, they never told their wives that they they're, 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 they're in the dark. So as soon as it breaks, the price comes back up, they have to sell. To, and then they, they just, okay, I broke even. So this $29 level, once we break out above, it's gonna, now that's going to become support. And that will be the new plateau, Chris. After that, you could say it's, it's, it's over this like 20, 25, 28. It's, it's over once, once we close above, uh, above the $30 there. It's like... It's like people calling $900 gold. It's over, guys. We're not going back there. <laughs> we, look, I, can't, I can't say that as a chart trader, but the probabilities of, like gold, of the possibility of gold going back to 900, it's, uh, yeah, no, don't hold your breath, guys, for, for that. <laughs> it seems like it would be difficult, especially with how much money is out there. And certainly that physical metal does get removed from the market, especially if the price goes low enough. So... I hear what you're saying there. And Patrick, just before we wrap up, perhaps you could let folks know where to find your site and, and stay up to date on the research that you're doing. Man. Well, guys, look, uh, that charts one. So go on the, on Twitter, guys. It's a whole bunch of free stuff. The macro stuff. I, I do charts like, uh, like I, I don't sleep, guys. I just do charts. And uh, or else go on my website, northstarbatcharts.com. It's a, it's a paid service, but there's a 60% off yearly subscription. So have fun if, uh, if, you, if you like that kind of stuff, guys. Well, I sure appreciate that, Patrick. And thanks for joining us today. And we'll look forward to checking in again soon and continuing to cover these gold and silver markets and see where they head. Thank you, Chris. It was an honor. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Patrick. And thanks to everybody for watching at home. Sure hope you enjoyed this one and found it helpful. Great to get some technical perspective in there as well. And before we wrap up, would like to thank Sierra Madre Gold and Silver who brought us today's episode. And Sierra Madre did recently acquire the Lagaterra Silver Gold Mine from First Majestic Silver, Greg Liller, their head geologist, who used to be operating that mine about 10 years ago. And in a recent call, talked about how he dreamed often throughout that period, having it back under his control, which is now the case. And he'll be joining me on the show Monday, July 18th to provide an update and share how things are going there. So thank you to Sierra Madre. And with that said, I'll see you again tomorrow.